Hello, and welcome back to the Women's Podcast. I'm your host, Genevieve Nutting, and the founder of Women's Community, and I am joined today by a very special guest. <laughs> a very, very special guest. Is that right? Yeah. Did you want to say something? He says, I am Theodore Lucas, and I am an honorary member of the Women's Community. And uh, we are currently, and by we, I mean he... <laughs> sitting in our sink bath, covered in almond butter all over his face, <laughs> and just happy as can be. I'm reminded in these moments, and ironically, this is something that our guest today on our podcast talked about, but the like beauty in simplistic moments. This child, <laughs> I wish you could see this, just bare butt, trying to get the hose out of the sink. He is so curious about this hose. Like in this moment, the only thing that matters to him, he's not worried about the nap that he's got to take here in the next half hour. He's not worried about the sleepless night that we had last night. <laughs> like he is just focused on trying to figure out this hose. And it's just a really, really great reminder of, I don't know, kind of like what Lauren talked about a couple episodes again being present in the moment, what that means. And then one of the takeaways that I got from my conversation with Megan this week, which is just leaning into simplicity. And before I get too much into our conversation, which I, ugh, do I say this every time? I love, I love the conversations that I get to have with these women. I feel like they are enriching. I feel like I walk away with so many takeaways. I'm looking at my notes right now and I had to bold like my key takeaways because I feel like my intro could have been as long as my conversation with Megan. But before I get into that, <laughs> I want to take just a couple moments to update you very briefly on what's going on with Women as Community, our events coming up. Huh? Are you excited? You're excited because Motivation Through Movement is in, what, two weeks? May 20th, May 20th, and we have just a couple tickets left. Yeah, a couple tickets left. And I'm really excited about this. We are almost at our sponsorship goal, which is huge because if you listen to the last podcast, I talk a little bit about what this means to me and how it allows me to pay my team of volunteers for the work that they've been doing over the last couple of years, which is... <laughs> so big as a nonprofit, we really rely on just the help of our community. And that can look like financial help. It can look like uh, giving services. It can help look like showing up at our events. It can look like promoting our events, uh, just being a part of our experiences. There's so many ways to get involved, but I did want to give a shout out and thank all of our sponsors. Uh, and we'll give an official shout out to them as well. But thank you, thank you, because we are so close and every little bit counts. I mean, every little bit helps us to get to that goal. So thank you so much. Uh, but Saturday, May 20th, Megan will be one of our movement leaders at this event. And then our Women's in the Wilderness, we've got June 3rd, Idaho Trails Association and Women's are partnering up to do an Idaho Trails cleanup. Idaho Trails Association helps to maintain our trails and also to make sure that we preserve them so we can hike on them for a long, long, long time. July is our next Women's in the Wilderness, July 15th, 
and that's going to be a yoga and meditation with yours truly, which I'm so pumped. I don't think I've taught yoga, gosh, since our last Womenness in the Wilderness in July of last year. So this will be a treat to get to teach yoga again, uh, have Lauren come on and do a meditation. And that's what we've got for you here in the next couple of months, which means I have the honor of getting to introduce to you Megan Aaron. Megan is trained in many movement and healing modalities, including yoga, Ayurveda, Marma therapy, Prana flow, and booty yoga, which she will be teaching at this year's Motivation Through Movement. I met Megan through taking classes at Hollywood Market, and also she was my instructor, my uh, teacher when I was getting one of my yoga certifications. And something really special about Megan is she is such an amazing example of the idea that creating space for other people to shine their light does not dim your own. She is someone who, when you are in her presence, you just watch this room that she is guiding and the individuals in it shine bright and just light up. Uh, you leave her class feeling better than you did when you walked in. And at the same time, she herself is such a bright light. And I think that you really see this in our conversation. Uh, we cover a plethora of topics and takeaways in the short time that we have together. Uh, so many takeaways that when I was writing them down, <laughs> I had to bold the main ones that I wanted to highlight. Uh, everything from how she got exposed to her Ayurvedics practice, what brought her into being a coach, including finding this healing powder for her daughter, uh, what led her to yoga. It was a very unexpected path that she went on. And then also some really major takeaways for me were asking for help, um, recognizing that we cannot be the jack of all trades and what happens when you let go of the need to be everyone's favorite this has been something that for me in both being an instructor also creating a community where you want to make everyone happy i am i am a people pleaser i think that um, by trade we as humans, we want to be liked, we want to be received. Uh, and at the end of the day, you know, something that I go back to is, you can be a dark chocolate covered strawberry and someone's going to say, I don't like chocolate. And in your eyes, dark chocolate might be like your go-to dessert. It might be you know, your vice and you're thinking, how do you not like, but I'm dark chocolate, how do you not like me? And we all have different needs, we all have different tastes, and uh, I think it's just a reminder that we get to show up authentically ourselves when we let go of the need to be received and liked and, and favored by everyone. Uh, this, I don't know, you might, you might want to uh, have your notes accessible for this one because I feel like I say this about every conversation truly with the woman that we have because I, I do I feel so blessed and so fortunate to to get to share space with the womeness we have on this podcast so without further ado I would love to welcome Megan Aaron enjoy Hey Womeness and welcome. I'm Genevieve Nutting, the founder of Womeness Community and host of the Womeness Podcast. And I'm so pumped you're here. My team and I have created this space for Womeness like you to feel seen, heard, and empowered. 
Each week, we'll launch a fresh episode with resources, stories from women us, and tools related to mindfulness, movement, and community. More than just a podcast, this is your weekly source of energy and connection with the many inspiring and relatable voices of Women S. In a world where we are constantly on the go, let this be your landing space where we can slow down and come together. This is the Women S Podcast. Welcome to the Women S Podcast. I'm your host, Genevieve, and I'm so grateful to have Megan here with me today. Megan, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so thrilled to be here. I'm so thrilled. And you'll also notice we have a couple other thrilled guests who are here as well, which are my fur children, Seuss and Simba. And I know you have a fur child in the house with you as well. Yes. Yes. Benny's here right next to me. You know what? I And Benny's a golden as well, right? Yes. They actually all need to meet. They do all need, maybe that's it. Simba can feel he's like, there is a golden on the other line and I need to meet this for this for human. Yes. They can feel each other's energy for sure. They can. Oh my gosh. Well, I just have to tell you as we are amping up for motivation through movement, you have been on my like wish list of movement leaders, as we're calling the magic leaders this year to have at this event. And so to be able to welcome you into this community, I know you've taught a yoga class for us before during, oh gosh, it was during the saga of everything being on zoom and virtual. And so people didn't really get to experience you in person. And so I am elated to get to bring you into this space. Uh, Can you tell people who may not be familiar, you know, we'll have a little intro on you leading up to this, but a little something about you for those who maybe aren't familiar with you. Sure. So um, my name's Megan. Um, I've been teaching yoga. Um, I would say, you know, I do, I do have a lot of balls in the air right now, as I was just talking to you a little bit about that before. Um, But I started as a yoga teacher and I've been teaching for about 14 years. Um, That's kind of my main gig. What I love to do is get people moving. I love to move people into their bodies so that they can simply get out of their heads. Um, And there's been magic to that. Honestly, when I first started my career, I didn't think that it would stick. It was just kind of one of those like, hey, you know, I'll give it a try. I, I was a dancer for years. And when I started moving my body on the mat, I was like, oh my gosh, it feels like home again. But again, it's not like I had this grand plan that this would become somehow my career. Um, But I kind of stuck with it and, you know, the divine energy kept working through me. And here I am 14 years later, still doing that thing that I love that honestly I thought was impossible. (laughs) So I'm, I'm excited because it allows me to you know, be a mom. It allows me to stay home with my kids and schedule as needed, but I've been able to meet so many incredible people, not only locally in Boise, which has been amazing, um, but also globally. And it's, it's built this community for me that I didn't know that I needed. And it's really filled a special place in my heart. So I teach yoga um, I also teach what's called booty yoga, which will be um, held at the Women's event. And I'm so excited to share it with you guys. It's, again, one of those classes, I have to be really honest, when I first took this class, I thought like, oh, I'm not going to like this. I'm not going to, you know, so much judgment coming from me. I, you know, I'm human. 
So after I took it, I was like, oh my gosh, I loved that class. I have to have more. And what it is, is it's a primal movement class and it allows you to drop into the pelvis. And there's an energy in our pelvis, especially as women, which is why I'm really excited to teach teach this to a group of all women um, that has kind of been locked especially over here in the West. So we even have lost our ability to walk properly because mm. in many ways, when we clench our teeth, um, have you, have you heard of all like, you know, you go to the dentist, they're like, are you clenching your teeth at night? I feel like I didn't used to hear this all the time. Now, even my kids are clenching their teeth and I'm yeah. like, what is going on? Well, there's this direct line of energy from your mouth down to your pelvis. And when you clench your teeth, you're also clenching kind of your pelvis. So you'll see like, you can walk like with like a tucked tailbone or kind of like a slouched shoulder even. And it, it's all posture related, which in children, it has to do with digestive system, um, can correlate with like confidence with adults, absolutely confidence. Um, our ability to actually connect in relationships, um, not only romantically, but also, you know, with friendships and things like that. And to really step into that moment and be completely ourselves and feel accepted in that space. So in short, booty is this way that unlocks that it's called the cure that has been hidden or kept secret. And there is, there's this energy in the second chakra that allows you to move into the space of authenticity. It's very rhythmic, it's fluid, um, and it's natural. So there's a lot of shaking in the class. Um, There's a lot of uh, different dance techniques like Hawaiian dance and African dance. Um, There's some drumming and drumsticks. And sometimes we even shout at the top of our lungs and, you know, kind of shout whatever comes to comes to mind. Um, But it's it's a release. And we need things like this more, which is why after I took my first class, I thought I have to get certified in this. So I did. And I took my certification. And again, it's just one of those things I've just continued to stick with. Um, it seems to be um, a crowd pleaser. We teach it on, re- I teach it on retreats and things like that. And it just, at first, it's like, what is going on here? And I love the, I love the flow of the class. Cause at the beginning, you'll see, you know, students um, like, what is this? What's going on? I'm, I'm, they're really in their heads. And then about 20 minutes in, you're so, you're kind of so exhausted that you can't be in your head anymore. You're dropping into your body and you're just having fun like a kid. So that's kind of that booty aspect. And then beyond yoga and booty, I also teach, um, I'm an Ayurvedic practitioner. So I help people. It's, you could, you could think of it similar to like a life coach or a health coach, but it's through the system of Ayurveda, which is yoga sister science. So it's the health aspect and I'll take one-on-one clients and help them with all various, we call it dis-ease. So, you know, whether it's like, for women. So we're on a women's podcast, whether it's like heavy menstrual cycles, whether it's, I have horrible PMS. I say that just because I've been taking a ton of clients like that lately. Um, or even just hair loss, like I'm losing a lot of hair. Can you help me? So Ayurveda is, um, a 5,000 year old system that has put into place preventative medicine and also, um, can help with acute problems as well through different personalized, um, recommendations such as like breath work or specific yoga poses, um, specific namaskars, which is like, um, sun salutes, uh, we can do herbs. We can, um, you know, different types of meditation and 
we really try to look at the individual in a tripod approach. So to assure that not only they're content and happy physically, but also spiritually and then emotionally. So once all three of those aspects are in balance, that is what creates optimal health. Wow. Yeah, I love so. <laughs> you do. I was just taking, actually I was taking notes because there's some things that I wanted to look up on my own, which I'm sure we'll talk about more as well. But I remember the first time that I took booty yoga and you're right. It is you start off. I've only done it in my living room. So I've never done it in like a group aspect, which I can actually, I did do it once. I always forget that I tried it at yoga for it one time. And it is, it's like you have this energy that comes out in a way that you typically don't see in a yoga class. Like it reminded me of, if you were to take I don't know, the, th- the experience that I have to compare it to, would be like a cycle bar class and combine a yoga class with it and the movement element and the energy. It's just, it's so freeing. And one of the things I love most about your classes is you have this way of organically pulling energy into one space where like you can, you can welcome in what's going on in the outside world, but it's like in that moment, I feel like it's the most present that I get to be. And you just, you do, you'd create this really wonderful energy where it's like your energy is streamlined, which I feel like, and you talk about it where we're clenching our jaw. We have so much going on and there's all these energy outlets throughout our day. But in that moment, it's like you streamline it into one and it's powerful. So selfishly, I am incredibly excited to get to see you teach a booty yoga class. Um, and how you go about it. So thank you for, thank you for saying yes and, and sharing your gifts with our community. I am, I'm like overjoyed with the panel of women who get to lead this year's motivation through movement. It's, it's such a rad group. It's so cool. Ah, well, thank you for inviting me. It's oh, absolutely. It's a true honor. Absolutely. And do you, so we typically like to start off these podcasts to understanding going back to, you know, all this chaotic energy in our outdoor world, um, coming into this space, it's like a landing space for women. For some of them, you know, this might be the one time that they really get to themselves, or maybe they get to slow down. Um, maybe they're listening to it on a walk. Uh, they're folding their laundry. And so we like to have a moment where we can kind of pause, focus on our breath for a second, maybe set an affirmation. Do you set affirmations? I usually have one affirmation that I go yeah. to all of the time. Um, there's a whole gamut of affirmations, but there's one in specific that is really oddly simple, but Simplicity is key is what I found. And the older I get, I'm like, you know what? Go back to simplicity. Less is more. Um, And yeah, that affirmation is in this moment all as well. And if you take, you know, it kind of. So if you think about it, if you're in a moment like right now, for example, in this moment right now, we're just speaking, you know, I'm looking around. There's, you know, we have a blue sky today, which is fantastic. I can feel my breath. I'm relaxed, but take another moment, for example, where you're in a challenging situation, something scary is happening. If you take it and you look at the entire big picture, it can be really scary and overwhelming. If you break that down and take it moment by moment, breath by breath, it's often okay in the moment that you're in because we're all met with challenges that we can absolutely handle. 
but we have to take them bite size. So in this moment, all is well is an affirmation that I often go back to that draws my energy back in rather than allowing my energy to disperse in all the directions that my, my monkey mind likes to take it. And so is this your all is well, is this your mantra that you consistently go back to each day then? As you start out your day, do you have like a affirmation practice or a mantra practice? Yeah. I mean, every morning it's, it's in this moment all as well. I love that. I love that. And I think I, I try to, I try, this is, it's interesting. And I don't know if you notice this as a, you practice, you're an Ayurvedic coach. Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's interesting because I find that we practice the things that, or we coach the things that we need the most or the things that we've worked on the most. And so for me, when I'm coaching a lot of it's routine and habit-based. And so my morning, I try to create it, especially now with having a baby, it makes things a little more difficult, but I found it really helps me to have an affirmation going into the day. And when I first started, I felt like my affirmation needed to be different each day because I'm showing up differently each day, but you do have the one that you consistently go back to. And I finally just came to peace with you don't like, don't set up the expectation that this needs to be different every day. And so I love the all as well. Um, mine oftentimes is like, I am enough. I'm showing up enough. I do enough. I'm showing up the way that I need to. So the point in me asking that too, and I think it's important to tell our community that is as you're setting, you know, if it's a breath work exercise or a mantra based exercise, Um, We'll go into a little bit of breath work to ground our community, to kind of ground this space before we further into our conversation. Um, But I would welcome whoever's listening right now that to create a space where you're welcome to whatever comes to the surface for you, really paying attention to what you might need. And and maybe, you know, your mantra of all is well, or I am enough, um, you know, maybe that's something that resonates with you. So we'll take a couple of moments. I encourage you wherever you're at, do your best to settle in. Uh, to get comfortable. If you're driving, maybe you wait to do this part of uh, the exercise until you're done, or maybe you're in a space where you can pull over and then allowing yourself, if it's in your practice to close your eyes, to take a moment where you breathe in through the nose, you exhale out through the mouth. Allowing the space to be whatever you need for it to be today. Allowing the face to soften. And if you're noticing that there is a clenching of the jaw, maybe welcoming that jaw to relax, that pull of gravity to soften the jaw, unclenching the teeth, maybe even relaxing the forehead or the eyebrows. And you might start to notice a smile comes across the face. Maybe there's this lightness from within the heart, from within the front body that you haven't experienced yet today. And if there is any heaviness, any chaotic energy, can you welcome that as well? Maybe sit with it. Maybe this thought all is well can hold space here and coexist with whatever energy you are experiencing today.
and giving yourself time to let the day catch up to you. And if something comes into this space that maybe feels a little unfamiliar, maybe curiosity instead of judgment can be with you. Curiosity of self, curiosity of this experience that you are living, this season that you are in, these variables that are showing up for you. And as you exhale, releasing judgment, releasing criticism. And then taking a couple more breaths in through the nose. And exhale, an audible sigh out through the mouth. And on your next inhale, you might start to wiggle your fingers or wiggle your toes. If you would like to stay in this space a little longer, I welcome you to pause this. You can come back to it when you're done. Otherwise, on your exhale, starting to open up your eyes. And just expressing gratitude. I don't know. That was something that in this moment, you know, there's a lot that are outside of our control. My dog's kind of losing his mind over here, I think, because there is this energy. It's like new friends, new experience. And it's taken a lot for me to recognize that to show up, you know, going back to this, like I am enough. I know how I'm showing up that life doesn't need to be perfect. We don't need to have it all figured out. All the variables don't need to fit together or to make sense for things to work out the way that they need to and for this space to be what I need it to be. So thank you, Megan, again, for being here um, and just for for giving this time. I know, you're, know your time is so valuable. Um, and I want to get right into talking a little bit more. First, you already talked to us about uh, booty yoga, but you had mentioned something in your intro about how you did not think that you'd be in this space. You grew up with a dancing background, um, but you didn't think you'd do yoga. What did you think you would be doing? You know, I never had a plan <laughs> and that kind of, that hasn't changed if I'm being really honest. Um, I never had a plan. I, I grew up, um, in a household that had a lot of love. Um, but also there was a lot of trauma. So I think I, I did a lot of surviving as a, as a young one. Mm. And through that, through those survival skills, I learned to take everything day by day. Um, and it was a gift. I didn't know that I would utilize as an adult. And I think it's a gift that I hold most precious to my heart is that it's not that I don't have goals. It's not that I don't plan for my future. It's that I'm not attached to them. Um, so one of my favorite yoga philosophy, um, kind of theories is that what, whatever we're doing in the moment, we're meant to do it with 100% commitment. So whatever we're doing this podcast right now, we're showing up 100%, giving it our effort, you know, having authentic conversation, truly listening to one another. But then at the end of it, we're meant to let go of the fruits of our labor. So whatever we do in life, show up, 
commit 100% and then let go, let go of the fruits of your labor and trust again, like you just said so beautifully, trust that everything, the puzzle piece will fit together the way that it's supposed to for your life. Um, so when you ask what I thought I was going to be doing, I honestly had no idea. I dabbled a little bit in college, um, with teaching. Um, I learned really quickly. I do not have a great presence in mm. elementary, junior high or high school. Yeah. I'm about the size of all the junior <laughs> high kids anyway. So I was like, okay, they are not going to take me seriously. And it was a little too rigid for me. I just wanted something more fluid, more relaxed. Um, so when I stepped into the yoga space, it just, it felt right. I just didn't realize I could take it to the space that I've taken it now. And I'm so, so grateful, first of all, that the community has opened up to me in that, in that way. And that yoga has really grown. Honestly, when I, I moved to Mm -hmm. Boise about, Oh, 12 years ago now. And when I first got here, um, I actually opened my own yoga studio because I couldn't find one that I liked. <laughs> so young, young Megan is like, oh, I want to, I want this yoga community. I was coming from a community back in Coeur d'Alene that I loved. And, you know, I, I couldn't find, there wasn't a lot of yoga studios, even just 10, 12 years ago. And in the past 10 years, I've seen yoga just massively take off in such an amazing way. There's incredible gifted teachers and healers everywhere. There's some amazing yoga schools. Um, now there's yoga retreats globally. So it's just, it's been fascinating to be a part of. And honestly, I just feel a huge sense of gratitude that I get to wake up and do this as my job. <laughs> Isn't that the coolest? And especially when you find that, cause you're, you're right. It's like, if you want something, you can't find it having first off kudos to you for having this vision to create something that you would want, something that has now drawn in, you know, you've had, I'm sure, do you know how many students you've taught as far as through like a certification or through school? Um, gosh, I've been training, uh, teachers since 2015. It's now 2023. A lot. There's been a, a lot. lot. We, yeah, yeah. We hold a couple trainings a year and there, yeah, it's been yeah. a lot. But you do, I mean, I hear we had a woman on one of our womenists in the wilderness and it's like anyone who knows your name speaks so highly of you. And so I think that when people, when we are drawn to creating something or, you know, if you're to look at even your career path, like something that really lights you up, something that really excites you people are drawn to that energy and they can also call your BS when you, when you aren't authentic about it. And so I think that you are such a great example of someone who has authentically shown up in a space where you are passionate about what you're doing. Uh, but I also know too, uh, being in an area where like you, I had no idea. I cycling was probably one of my least favorite forms of exercise. And so had you told me I was going to teach it, I mean, this is what I've turned most of my career into is, you know, training instructors now. And, um, But all of a sudden it's like you get to be a part of something that was unexpected. And I think that's come, that's what comes when you let go of this, this process. And like you said, the fruits of your labor too. this idea of what you thought you were supposed to be doing. Um, And I think you even made a note somewhere that was like, oh gosh, trusting something about like trusting your breath in the moment or trusting your experience. And I think what I'm trying to come back to though, is that being in a space where you feel drawn to and called towards, I think burnout can still exist in that space. And have you experienced that then as a yoga instructor or as an Ayurvedic coach? And what has that been like for you? If so, 
Um, yoga, yes. Ayurveda is still so new. I just completed my program about a year ago. So I'm oh, congratulations. I'm still, thank you. I'm still pretty new into that. So it excites me. Um, I'm sure there will be burnout there, but mm. yeah, absolutely. In my yoga career, there's been, I mean, talk to my husband. There's been multiple times where I'm like, I'm quitting, I'm done. <laughs> I'm and not be not not even necessarily because I'm burnt out, more or less, it's the the fear of potential and, mm. um, the unknown in a way, mm-hmm. um, because there's, there's this deep inner knowing that you can take anything as far as you want to take it. Mm-hmm. And that great element of space, I guess, can create a lot of anxiety and stress. Just knowing that there's kind of this world full of knowledge that, there, there are many moments and you've studied yoga. There are many moments in the yoga journey and the yoga studying process where you think you've got it. Mm-hmm. And then you realize, oh my gosh, there's so much more. I'm literally just scratching the surface. Mm-hmm. And I think if burnout were to come, it would be from like, wow, this is a never ending sea of wisdom. And again, going back to in this moment, all is well in this moment, I, I know everything I need to know. and you know, I will learn more as I go and my cup will continue to be filled. But to that point, and this is one of the things I like to teach new teachers and trainings is we all have to have a limit on our energy. So for example, if you're a new yoga teacher and, you know, first of all, let's be really honest, it's hard to make money as a yoga teacher at first. Mm. Um, Really? I mean, always, but So one of the ways that we can do that is by taking on a lot of public classes and teaching and teaching, which usually also involves a ton of driving, to be honest. So you could go teach three classes, but you might spend seven hours doing that. And by the end of it, that's what kind of creates the burnout is dispersing your energy in a way that just doesn't make sense. Um, So if there was burnout in the past as well, that probably contributed is that dispersing of energy. Um, since I've been teaching for so long, I really have a number and it's funny. I used to teach probably 10, 15 classes a week. Now I teach three, I'm like three classes. That's what I can do. And I know that if I go over that, I just don't show up as inspired. So I really need to take that time to step back and, and just be, Mm. I re- I relate to what you say in so many ways because I think when I think about it it's not so much and I want to go back to what you said too a fear of potential I believe is what your words were and it is it's less of a a burn out it's more of you're so excited about something and you're giving and you're giving especially in this field and we all have a capacity and so I have a, I have a couple questions that I want to come through with this too is like recognizing how do you recognize what your capacity is um I don't know. I reference Mel Robbins, um, um, podcast a lot. Cause she's someone who she's like an adopted aunt that I would, I've, I've kind of taken in. Uh, but she talked about how, if you were to prioritize everything, like nothing's a priority. So if everything is your number one, then nothing's your number one, nothing's important. And I think this goes back to your capacity too, where it's like, we want to do everything and we want to give to everyone. But at the end of the day, you only have so much capacity. You only have so much inventory that you're taking. And so I want to go back to what you said, that there's the fear of potential. And then also, how do you identify what your capacity is? 
Um, I think I start to identify what my capacity is when I start to feel that those feelings of overwhelm. Um, and usually that'll come out with my brain just being completely scattered. You know, I'll have mm. eight different tabs open on my computer. Like I'm building a website here. I'm also doing 14 different things on the other, you know, and it's like, okay, wait a minute. Like you said, we need to draw our attention towards usually one thing at a mm. time. Um, for me, it's don't be a drag with jack of all trades. I've hired on a lot of help. And so um, yeah, it's just, I know what I'm good at and I know what I'm not good at. And coming to that acceptance of, hey, it's not my job to be everyone's favorite teacher. Mm -hmm. It's not my job to be good at everything. Um, but those things that I am passionate about, I try mm -hmm. to stay in that lane. Go back to that because that is so hard. And I think that if I'm thinking of who's going to be listening to this, our community, yes, but I think there's also a lot of teachers, a lot of instructors, um, whether it's in the field of fitness or coaching, actually really anywhere in life. I think that people like to be liked. And that was a very hard thing for me to learn as an instructor that I'm not going to be everyone's favorite because it was like, oh, how could I not be everyone's favorite? And then I heard a quote about like, you could be pizza or you could be chocolate. And I think, I think pizza and chocolate are fantastic, but someone's going to say, I don't like pizza. I don't like chocolate. So how did you come to this space where you were okay? And when you say that, I genuinely believe that you are okay with not being everyone's favorite instructor. How did you come to terms with being okay with that? It was more of a remembering. It's funny mm -hmm. because I think we all have this gift actually. Um, so when we're kids, think about it like this, when you're little, like younger than maybe school age, right? Before we have the exposure of other kids and comparison and all these things. Um, we have this moment where kids are, kids are kind of rude, right? <laughs> so like, yeah. right. Theo is going to get here soon. So you'll see like a two and three-year-old walking around and they, they honestly, they show up authentically. They tell you what they need in the moment. They lead with love. And if, um, they're not your favorite, they actually really, they're okay with that. Mm. I want to say they don't care, but they're okay with that. They continue to walk the walk, talk the talk, and they're just as happy as can be. So it's not that I, you know, work to find this work to like create this. It's that I remember that this is naturally who we are. There's mm. so we're all put here on this planet with a very special gift um, a Dharma is what we call it in yoga and we each get our own. <laughs> so when we open that gift, it's ours and it's, it's up to us whether or not we shine that light with the world or whether we keep it to ourselves. The idea is to shine it right. To, to mm. look at it right. But recognizing that everyone else has a gift as well. So there's enough to go around and we all are individual in a way that makes this world so incredible. Um, so it's really, it's allowing yourself to step back, to recognize that even though you're not someone's favorite, doesn't mean that they don't like you. Mm. It doesn't mean any, you know, it doesn't mean your career's over. It simply means that your energy will no longer be, how do I put this? Your energy will no longer be dispersed in a direction that it doesn't need to go mm. because you're not trying to be someone that you're not. Yeah. Which is why toddlers can walk around all day and do what they want to do and <laughs> be just as happy as they want to be. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's so, yeah, it's just, it's this ability to kind of step into flow and allow yourself to be who you're meant to be while 
recognizing that everyone has a, a little different taste, whether they like chocolate or pizza, or whatever it is. Yeah. And that's okay, right? We won't and that's okay. Not <laughs> and how wonderful that we get the opportunity to choose, that we have the power of choice. Absolutely. Right? No, I think that's incredible. I do want to kind of segue a little bit into, uh, as you've been going into this Ayurvedic coaching, what directed you into this, this space? Is it because you've been teaching yoga for so long, you kind of needed something fresh or what drew you into this, this different path? Well, a lot of things. I was first exposed to it in 2016 when I took my advanced teacher training with my teacher, Shiva Ray. And I was in Costa Rica and she had an assistant teacher there um, and her name is Maria Gare. And there was an intensity about this um, teacher that I was really drawn to. She was extremely intelligent. Um, Her confidence was captivating. And she offered Ayurvedic consultations. So I took one with her and I said, I went to her with digestive issues because she said, okay, Maria is going to be here. If any of you have any like specific health issues you need help with on this training, she'll be here. So I went, went to her, she did a pulse diagnosis. She kind of read my tongue and just by looking at my tongue, she was able to tell me how I organized my house. You know, she didn't know anything about me. (laughs) So she was able to pick up on, you know, my body type and the reason why, um, I have the skin color that I do, the reason why I talk the way that I do. Um, and then through all of that, you know, it's about an hour meeting. And then she just kind of gives me this breakdown of what my constitution is basically. And a constitution is your very individualistic, um, portions of the five great elements. So the theory is that we each have a combination of earth, water, fire, air, and space within us, but each of us have a different proportion. Um, and it makes us who we are. It allows us to show up in the, in the world with our gifts and expose those gifts as we're meant to do. But as we grow, we shift out of balance. So any dis-ease will start to kind of metastasize into disease eventually. Like, right, like my stomach pain that I was having back then, if I didn't take care of it, then the idea is that if I continue to do what I was doing, like equals like, well, then I'm going to get more stomach pain and eventually, hopefully not full-blown like stomach cancer or something, but disease, right? It manifests. So what Ayurveda does is it stops that in its tracks. It's like, okay, what is that discomfort? Let's get ahead of it now. So that's what drew me into Ayurveda. Um, our, our family has been through the gamut of health situations. My daughter has struggled with health since she was 18 months old. And I've been on a mission. I had a doctor once tell me that I was never going to heal my daughter and it wasn't possible. And that if I didn't follow the exact instructions that I was given that she would end up in a wheelchair or worse. And this could eventually go from this, I guess, not so small diagnosis into this huge diagnosis. So I just didn't believe it. It's like, nope, I don't believe it. So I have been on a mad search as a mom since she was 18 months old. Mm. And it's, it's taken a toll on physical and mental health, but happy to say we did find the solution and she's 100% right now. And she's 10. Wow. But that solution just kind of came to about, it was like a year ago in June. So it's been, 
it's been some time, but Ayurveda has helped with that as well. And it's really just been this discovery of getting back to, (laughs) getting back to the basics. Simplicity is Mm. really where it's at. And I love that about Ayurveda. Sometimes it's so simple. It almost makes you chuckle. You're like, oh, wow, what feels good is good. And if I just open up to the lines of communication in my body, I can understand what I need. Wow. And isn't that interesting how these patterns show up in our life? Like you going back to the simplicity of it and breaking it down. And then the power of choice that, you know, we get to, you have professionals out there making recommendations, but we get to do our research to identify, you know, what, what methods we're going to use, what resources. And I almost feel like life pulls us in the direction of I talked about this with Lauren, who I keep bringing up that when you meet her, the two of you are just going to connect in such a special way. But we were talking about this too, where you get the power of choice um, and life in a sense. And I don't know what you believe in, but it's like, I think that where you're meant to be, you will be called towards your direction will guide you there, but you get to make the choice of how you get there. Um, And life will kind of sprinkle these little things like, Hey, are you going to try this? You know, with Ayurvedic, Um, are you going to, how will you be involved in this in some way? And then come to find out this is what helps to better your daughter's life. Like that's, I don't, I feel like it's such a powerful, a powerful story. And I had no idea about that, but incredible. And what a great mom you are, by the way. Thank you. You, as you know, being a mom is just, you, you have this superpower of like, Mm -hmm. no, mama knows best. It is the coolest. And I've only had eight months of experience with it, but it is like this, this like sixth sense that you have about what they need and, and trusting that, like, I don't know, it's incredible. And I also think women to our intuition is Mm -hmm. so strong. If we can give ourselves the space to listen with compassion, listen, yeah. Listen with a compassion to it. I know that you have a tight schedule this morning. And so I want to be honoring of that, but I did want to do a little bit of rapid fire questions with you. If you have the time for it and just some fun little things, they are a little yoga based, um, but I'm sure that you've envisioned like an ideal class of maybe some people you'd love to teach to who are three people who you would love to have in, let's say a booty yoga class. Okay. Here's the first. And it's funny because it's actually going to happen this Friday. And it's my husband. (laughs) What? Okay. Fantastic. Has he ever taken a booty yoga class at all? No, no. Oh, I actually think it might cause a fight later. Why do you think it'll cause a fight later? (laughs) Oh, I just think he'll be exhausted. You know, it's a whole nother level taking a yoga class in the heat. Right. And then adding that aspect of cardio and movement can just wipe you out. No, I don't, I don't think it'll cause a fight. I'm totally joking on that. Does he get like, when he's tired, he's just very, um, I don't know what's the kind word that I'm looking for. Cause I know my husband, when he's tired, I know it's like, okay, you need rest, you need food. And I need to leave you in your space. Is that how he is? Yes. Yeah, so it's yeah. funny because in Ayurveda, we call that like a pitta dosha. It's a combination mm. of fire and then water. And mm. like, yeah, exactly. These people, like when they need something, they need it. If they're hungry, they're hangry. Um, mm-hmm. if they're tired, they're tired. If they're feeling overheated, they're filled with like rage. Okay. Yes. This is my husband. A hundred percent. Pita, pita dosha, right? Pita. Yeah. Pita, pita dosha. Um, okay. Wait, I do want to go back and 
I will encourage people to reach out to you if they have more questions about this, but can you go over what the three doshas are and then which dosha are you? Yes. Um, so you can be a little bit of a combination. So we have Vata dosha. Vata is your combination of air and space. Then you have Pitta, which is fire and water. And lastly is Kapha. Sometimes you'll hear it called Kapha. And that one is earth and water. Um, and I have a combination of mostly Pitta, secondary Kapha. Okay. So that is, you said Pitta. So fire and water and then fire earth. And and then earth and water and water. Okay. Wow. Cool. Okay. And if people have more questions, I will highly encourage you in the show notes. I'll have all your contact information where they can go. Uh, going Absolutely. back to your questions, what is your favorite yoga pose by the way? Oh my gosh. Um, Sukhasana. Yes. And for those who may not know Sanskrit, what is that? It's just literally easy seated pose. So you mm. sit cross-legged crisscross applesauce. Has that always been your favorite pose though? No, I used five years ago. I'm like handstand. Yes. Scorpio, like, you know, all these things that are fancy and yeah. Goes back to simplicity. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. It all makes sense. Uh, And you already talked about your mantra. You already talked about what you would be doing if you weren't actually, no, you didn't. If you weren't teaching yoga, what would you want to do instead? Oh, gosh, that is such a hard one. Like sky's the limit. Let's say you have the background, you have the experience, the credentials, like let's go crazy here. Oh my gosh. You know, I would probably be some like wilderness explorer. I would love to live abroad and just trek into the jungles and just discover the world. I don't even know if there's a job title out there. I'd have to come up with one. I feel like if anyone needed to make it happen though, you could make it happen. (laughs) Yes. Something, something that was so detached from our worldly needs here. Again, I want to go back to simplicity. I just want to live the way I'm meant to live without all of this Mm. action and where would you create this space? Like, let's say you create a community of it. Where would be the country or the general area of the world that you would want to create this space in? We joke all the time in in trainings and whatnot. I have my business is called pure serenity yoga. So I say, Mm. Oh, I have to create a pure serenity Island. Mm. Um, something where there's just, you know, I, I love Central America. Costa Rica has my heart for sure. Um, I was recently in Panama for a retreat last year and that place was amazing. I mean, it rained a lot and there were for that, there was like a little bit of a downside, but at the same time, you've never seen colors like that in your life. I mean, it looks like avatar. It was like out of a poster or something insane. So much nourishment was coming into that land. It just like felt like, like God's land. It it was amazing. Yeah. Wow. Well, when you do create it, let me know because I would love, would love to visit. Um, what have any islands for sale? Let me know. (laughs) I'll let you know. I'll, you know what, we'll start to put it on the radar, start to manifest it out there. Um, last couple of questions and then we'll get to our wrap up, but what is one thing that you once wished for that you are grateful did not happen? Oh my. Okay. That's funny. It's like your mind goes somewhere and you're like, Hmm, don't know if we should talk about that. Let's see here. Safe space for anything, no judgment space for whatever. You know what? Um, 
I was, I almost got married to someone else before my husband. Wow. Like you got engaged or we were really close to it. We were really close to it. And I definitely thought that was my future. Right. Interesting. When that didn't work out, I remember being pretty crushed. Um, but I'm so (laughs) happy that that didn't work out for me. And, um, I ended up exactly where I'm supposed to be. Life guides you, it'll guide you and it's going to trickle things in to test you or to teach you something or to challenge you in a way, but ultimately you end up where you need to be and surround with who you need to be with. Okay. Then different direction. What is something you did not wish for that you are grateful happened? Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to have to say it. My firstborn, Hmm. she was, um, She was unexpected. Hmm. And I remember when I found out I was pregnant with her, I was young and not married at the time. And Hmm. it freaked me out. (laughs) I wasn't, yeah, I actually, like I said, I never had a plan. I didn't even think about kids, you know, sometimes like my husband, for example, he always wanted to be a dad. Like from the time he was like five, he's like, I want to be a dad when I grow up. Um, That never really crossed my mind. Hmm. And I am so grateful that this little peanut came into mm-hmm. our lives because if it weren't for her, I honestly don't think I would be where I am today. And your kiddos are, when I think of them, I don't remind me your daughter and son's name again. Uh, my daughter's Kaya and my son is Maddox. Kaya and Maddox. I picture Kaya as like this butterfly and she is everywhere and also like very present at the same time. And Maddox is like a lion in that he is wild, but he is so observant and aware. I don't know. I've spent very little time with them. That's just the time that I've been with them. I don't even know if that has anything to do with what their personalities are like at all. You're extremely intuitive. That's actually almost exactly how they are. Really? Yeah. They're, um, they're cool humans. And isn't that, so I was also, my mom and dad were not married really didn't know each other. And it's interesting the things that you don't anticipate, but life, life knows what you need. It really to, does. And it yeah. doesn't turn out the way that we have envisioned for ourselves. And I think that is a huge blessing. Oh, thank you for sharing both of those, by the way. Of course. Yeah. Well, I want to go last just to honor your time. Um, you know, two questions we like to ask all of our guests is one, what are you hopeful for the next generation of women? So your daughter, uh, and then what are you currently manifesting for yourself? Oh, the next generation of women S I, I think we're starting to see this shift a little bit happening. Um, but I hope that these young women can step into the, to their authenticity and Mm -hmm. really embrace their unique gifts, recognizing that we each have something special so that we can truly step into this world without hesitation. You can move forward without fear, without judgment, without comparison. Um, and also recognize that you are not the only one with the same insecurities. I think I see this a Mm -hmm. lot in even adult women, honestly, sometimes we walk around with this blindfold, like I'm the only one experiencing this. And if there's this, this is why I love women as Genevieve and what you 
have done with this community is it's a space where you can hear other women's stories. Mm -hmm. You can start to find some, a space in there where other women are feeling the same. Other women do have the same, um, insecurities and doubts and fears. And it's through those things that make us stronger. And once you're just a lot, you're able to hear that other women are experiencing this. It's again, it's like the superpower. You're like, Oh, I'm not the only one. And there is a community and there is hope. So that would be my next, um, that would be my hope for the future is that this, this continues and that teenagers, I think who, who kind of need it most at this time, absolutely find an outlet. Um, yeah. Wow. There's just, there's a lot in that community. I think that could use support. Absolutely. And I love that you said that that's one of the things when my team was brainstorming specifically for the podcast, we spent a lot of time as to how we wanted this to hold space while still being, you know, flexible and, and creating room for authentic conversations. But one of those being creating a space where women can share things that maybe they haven't spoke about before or recognize, like I always, when people come, I know the social media world is so interesting to me, but a lot of times people will show up and they'll say, am I the only one who, and I always want to just compassionately tell them, no, like you are out of all the, what, seven and a half billion people in the world. Like you are not the only person experiencing this. And, and the extent, sometimes it drives me crazy. Cause I'm like, I know that you think that you're special and experiencing this <laughs> and you are a very special human. But like, I think when we realize that there's so much more that we have in common with each other than what makes us different, like, oh my gosh, the amount of problems and just issues that are going on in the world. I think that we could honestly solve when we come from a page where we realize like we're so much more alike. And also that whatever you're experiencing right now, like someone has been through a situation like that. Someone has come out of it. Someone has the resources or the guidance that you might need. And that is cool. So thank you for saying that. And and I, I love that that's your hope for the next generation. I, I hope that as well. Absolutely. Well, thank you for holding a space for mm-hmm. women to be able to have Absolutely. that outlet. I think it's extremely important. And I, mm-hmm. I'm so proud to see the women you've grown into as well. And oh, what thank you created here is honestly amazing. It's Thank you. Yeah. Well, you're a part of that structure. I want you to know that. Um, and what are you manifesting for you? What are, what are your hopes for you right now? Oh, to continue to live day by day mm-hmm. and show my kids that it is possible to be really present in every moment. And honestly, I just want to lead with more love. Um, I want to leave with lead with more love in every conversation that I have and every class that I teach. And I don't want to hold the bar so high that you know, I can't reach it. I don't want to hold the bar so high that everyone else feels that they can't reach it. I want to, again, it kind of goes back to what I hope for women S I want to create a space of, um, inclusivity, inclusivity. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get my words, right. Words are hard today. And just, yeah, hmm. make the world better by simply working on yourself, honestly, and just Showing up yes. authentically, starting starting with the smallest seed is important, and making sure that I have those moments for pause. I love that, and that is showing up fully and present. It sounds so simple. Gosh, it takes so much intentionality going into it. But at the same time, if you can kind of let yourself 
just show up as you are in that moment. Like I've got my kiddo. I don't know if you can hear him. Katie's upstairs with them and they're just yelling at each other. And it's like the coolest thing that kids teach you when you just exist with them in that moment. It's, I don't, it's very special. It's really, really special. It's incredible. It's, it's, it's what my entire career is based on is, is teaching, teaching humans how to just be in the moment. And it sounds so simple, but it's one of the hardest things. And so hard. the biggest lesson we can learn is to just be there with full, full love, no matter what is happening. Oh, I love that. I cannot wait for our community to take a class with you. Um, Saturday, May 20th, Motivation Through Movement. I know at the time of recording this, we still have a few tickets left. Um, but for those who maybe won't be at Motivation Through Movement, where can they find you uh, on the interwebs and also here locally in the Treasure Valley? Yeah. So on social media, um, unfortunately, I had a social media hack about oh, it. I saw ago. that. Yeah. I'm so. Sorry. You'll want to look for the correct pure serenity yoga. Um, it's P U R E S E R E N I T Y O G A. Um, so you can find me on Instagram. That's kind of mostly where I operate most of my business. Um, Facebook's, I think my Facebook account is linked there, but there's not a ton of activity. Mm. Um, you can visit my website, pureserenityyoga.com, and check out all of my offerings. You can book private sessions with me, whether it's through yoga, or if you're interested to find out what your constitution is, your dosha through Ayurveda, um, you can book sessions with me there as well. And then locally, I teach at my home studio, Hollywood Market Yoga. Um, it's in the North End. It's a fantastic studio and community. And um, sorry, I have a little, I have your a cat just wants to be a part of this conversation. My, my cat is all <laughs> right now. Um, but yeah, pop down to Hollywood Market Yoga anytime, take an in-person class. Um, I'm there three days a week, Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays. And I would love to see, to see you all. Well, I'm hoping to get one of those classes still, even with all, and I haven't been to all the yoga studios in the treasure Valley, so I cannot speak to the rest of them, but gosh, there's something so special that you all have created. And that Sally has done with Hollywood market yoga. It is, I mean, happiness is spoken there. Truer words could not be said. So I highly encourage people to check it out. And I can't wait to take a class with you. Yay. I'm so excited. I cannot wait for May 20th. It's going to be incredible. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Megan. And thank you so much to those of you in our community for being here until next time. Be good to yourself. Be good to others. We'll see you next time. Hey, Womenists, thanks for being a part of our community and listening to this episode of the Womenists podcast. Here at Womenists, we are committed to growing and evolving as a community together. If you found this episode brought value to your life, share it with a Womenists who empowers you. And while you're at it, help other Womenists find this podcast by giving it a like, subscribing, and leaving a review. You can also find additional resources and opportunities to connect with Womenists by subscribing to our newsletter linked in the show notes, as well as on our Instagram, Womenists Community. Until next time, be good to yourself and be good to others. We'll see you at the next episode of the Womenists Podcast.